What's going on, guys? AJ here, back again with another episode of the E1B2 podcast. I want to talk today about internal comms, uh, but from a different lens. You know, I've been doing a lot of research and reading and, and, and frankly, um, networking with a lot of internal comms uh, leaders, thought leaders, you know, influencers, executives, etc. that have been talking about the internal uh, the internal team that has either been with the company for, let's call it 10 years, or they are very much um, they're very much excited and bought into the overall brand's mission. And they're kind of like that internal team that really tries to conduct change management, that really tries to internally communicate to other team members about what the brand's trying to do, what the culture is, what, uh, you know, what the organization is going to be, what the OS is, right? Like what is actually happening, what's the heartbeat and the soul inside the organization. They, they very much have been putting those, those small teams together and they're relying on those small teams to internally communicate, to make sure that uh, the, the perspectives of the brand are actually getting passed down uh, and passed through at a very empathetic level to other team members. I have a thought about that. I have a perspective on that. Uh, I understand it. I understand it and I think it's valuable. And I, I have a few different ways that I think brands should approach it if they're considering doing something like this. So... I'm not a fan of brown nosers. Let's just start there, right? You guys know me. I'm very, I'm very, I'm very blunt about my perspectives. I'm not a fan of brown nosers. I'm not a fan of employees that that buy in just to buy in, right? Like I'm not a fan of an employee who uh, gets disrespected or uh, or 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 ignores ignores when when uh, a leader does not appreciate innovation, ignores a leader that does not appreciate them as a human first, uh, ignores when uh, a leader does not give them opportunities that they, that they deserve. Um, and they still are brown nosing. They're still coming to work with a smile on their face. They're still, uh, speaking very highly. I'm not a fan of that. Now, again, Please don't get me wrong. I do understand why that happens. I understand that everyone is different. I understand that not everyone is going to be AJ. Not everyone's going to have the 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 confidence, right, uh, to be as brave as to go and 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 again, just be very direct with his thoughts. Be very direct with her thoughts. Be very direct with perspectives and kind of uh, live and die on those. I'm not asking everyone to do that. I'm not frankly expecting everyone to do that but i'm just saying i'm not a fan of people that ignore disrespect ignore negativity ignore bad cultures ignore bad leaders ignore uh brands that are very macro and don't get micro and and don't build out things at an individual level and get to know you as an individual uh contributor and professional and human and ignore those things and just continue to have a smile on their face. I just generally don't appreciate that. So that is not what you have, right? Because if you have a team of those individuals and then they're trying to communicate internally information that you think needs to happen and change inside the brand with the other team members, if, if they're brown nosers, I think my gut, and I've seen this happen, the other team members are going to uh, not respect, not appreciate, not act on what they're saying. Okay, that's a very real thing that I think a lot of leaders are not recognizing. Um, you don't always want a group of people around you that are always 
agreeing with your perspectives. You don't always want a group of people around you that are always big upping you and one upping you and saying you are the greatest, you are the best leader, this is the best company ever. You don't always want those variables being uh, being being inside of your organization. That's not always the greatest thing. What is the greatest thing and what and, and, and what a good example of this internal team that I'm thinking of is you have you have a group of employees, let's call it five, that are that have been in the game for three to four years that are that are confident and brave enough to push back on perspectives and tactics and tools and resources. You guys, when I say you guys, the employee and the leaders and the managers have enough of a relationship, enough of that, that emotional glue, enough of that, of that, of that connection, right? Where they are willing to share with you their true perspectives about you as a human. They understand your flaws. They don't judge you for them. They understand your flaws. They're working with you to help you get out of those bad practices. You're working with them to do the exact same thing. Like you guys are legitimate friends and colleagues and you understand the nuances and the perspectives. If you have some a group of people, again, let's call it five, that are designed like that, I think it is valuable then to try to position them to be the internal communicators to the other members of the team that maybe are not bought into the system, maybe not bought in to the culture and have them be the voice, have them be the advocate, have them be the cheerleader, have them be the preacher of what you are inevitably trying to create. Because until you have built that internal glue, that emotional glue, that connection, that empathy with the masses in your organization until that happens, which takes a lot of time, takes a lot of trust. You're going to need those five or 10 people that are the stakeholders, the linchpins inside of your organization that can go, look, Sally, I, I hear what you're saying, but look, Derek's trying to work on this. Derek's been working on this over the, for, for the last three years. He's gotten a lot better. I'll give you a couple examples of how, he, of how he's gotten a lot better. We're trying to do a couple things. I'll let you know through the grapevine. Here's what I am hearing, which is changing with policies. Here are a few things that I am hearing that's changing with compensation and benefits. You know, I'll, I'll let you know this, that idea you brought up in the executive meeting four weeks ago, there is actually something coming down the road here that very much has some of the silver linings and reflects what you were talking about. And so I want to congratulate with you. I want to congratulate you on that. Like things like that, I think are pretty beneficial because you have someone that is fully bought in. That's going to be a cheerleader for the brand and the logo. But you also have someone that is very much still an employee, very much still has the E1B2 perspective, very much has um, very much has, uh, you know, you know, perspectives and nuances and, 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 and the ability to jump on either side of the table and really articulate um really articulate perspectives and nuances and, and really build a relationship with everyone. So uh, I, I believe that's valuable. If you're going to organize and structure it that way, I believe that is the way it should be structured and organized. And that is the way you can create a successful culture internally within just the employees themselves. Um, and you can articulate policy changes, workflow changes, nuances, things that you want to create. Um, you can do that. So at the end of the day, Again, what I think is valuable, what I think is beneficial is that you guys, when I mean you guys, you leaders I hear that are listening to this episode, if you're considering trying to form those 5, 10, 15, 20 people inside of your company that you want to be the linchpins, the communicators, the internal comm, you know, experts, the cheerleaders to try to get other people bought in, right? 
the stakeholders, if you want to create that environment, I believe you have to pick out the people that are not afraid to push back, not afraid to go deep, not afraid to understand certain things, not afraid to build a legitimate relationship with you. And you guys have already done that, right? You guys have spent a few nights having thrown a few beers back and having a nice long steak dinner. You have told that individual about some fears and, 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 and sadness or anxiety or things that have been, been happening and going on in your mind personally or professionally. And that person has done the same. Like you guys have built that emotional glue. If you have that, then I believe you have a shot of building out those five to 10 people that can really make a change with the other 100, the other 300, the other 95. So if you can do that and design it that way, I believe you will have a shot to be successful and uh, as always, hope, hopefully I was able to bring some value. I'm probably going to stop talking now. So yeah, um, I think that is a way that you, that, I think that's a way that you organize it. I think that's a way that you structure it. I think there is benefits there and hopefully, um, you guys will put this in play, especially actually, especially during this COVID-19 situation and post COVID-19. So as always, uh, you know, uh, love you all. Hope you're all safe. Hope you all are staying uh, blessed. I hope you guys are all staying positive and we will definitely be talking soon. You'll be hearing from me soon. Uh, and so hopefully you enjoyed another episode of the E1B2 podcast. Thanks a lot.